This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome back to Not Without My Sister. I'm Rosemary McCabe, and I'm here with my sister, Beatrice McCabe. Beatrice, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you, Rosemary? I'm great. We have some big news to share. Big, big news. By request, we're starting a book club. You better hope this isn't the one we're videoing because you look absolutely simple. If this is the first video we released to the masses, you were going to look like an absolute Egypt. I thought I looked amazing. Fine. Thanks well, you lot. didn't. You look much better now when you're being normal. And the book we're going to read is... Well, hang on. I have to... I haven't, I, oh, sorry. Go on. We're starting a book club. By Yay! request, we're starting a... Shut up, Beatrice. <laughs> <laughs> Stop flicking through the lights on your thing. You're being no- annoying. Stop it. <laughs> this ring light and the, and the prospect of videoing this has made you very vain. I have to say, you're not usually like this. You're usually looking at me and now you're just looking at yourself. I'm not looking at myself. I could see, I could see what you were looking at. Beatrice. <laughs> looking at you, I can see you where you're, right. you are now. Hurry up. Hurry up. <sighs> By request, we're starting a book club on our Patreon, exclusively on our Patreon from the end of October. We'll be doing one book each month. We'll announce it at the start of the month. We will discuss it at the end of the month. We'll also ask you to pitch in with your thoughts, opinions, reviews. And the first book is called? <laughs> Business and Pleasure. Well, Business or Pleasure. What's it called? Business or Pleasure. By? Honestly, I, I don't have that up on my screen right now. Do you want me to Google it? By somebody who wrote it. And basically the protagonist is you. Rosemary McKay. By Rachel Lynn Solomon. Yes. Really? Because I've actually thought a lot of protagonists lately were me, particularly in Monica Heisey's 
really good actually no no but she was awful she was really annoying and any reviews I've read have been like this unlikable self-obsessed character and I'm like I really felt like I identified with her a lot (laughs) you're so mean to yourself anyway when what are the dates Rosemary the last Friday in October is when it'll be out and what's the plan are we going to have people I I literally just said the plan did you anyway today because I was thinking about this last night as I lay in bed. As I also wrote, I'm going to enter this writing competition, you'll be glad to hear. And I was writing my entry in bed last night and I was like, this is really funny. Like This is so witty. This is definitely, they're going to love this. Can remember 2% of it. Can remember the priest's name in the story and the woman who owns the shop's name what, in the story. you wrote it or you just had the idea I wrote first. it in my head <gasps> as I was lying in bed. Oh, wrote practically the whole thing. I wrote an amazing outline for a book the other day in my bed in my head and I remember looking at it so annoying I looked at the trees and I was like oh my god I was like that tree branch in the shape of a face how would you describe it that's going to be like the opening paragraph I was like oh brilliant and I was like oh this makes so much sense it's all falling into place yes this character yes this character's arc and I was in the bathroom I was like oh I had this great idea today what was it all I could remember was the stick of the tree so annoying. it's so annoying and I was also I was in bed and I was like I should write this down and then I was like no this is so clear this is crystal clear in my head there's no way I'm going to forget this like I will absolutely get up in the morning and immediately it'll flow out of my fingers into the computer you know what you know there's a German word for that uh the the moment of clarity and brilliance you have right before you fall asleep of course there is this is a German and word for everything I read the other day is it the Buddhists or somebody believed that that is the most transcendental is that a word? Moment. Right before you fall asleep. That is a word, yeah. That's the moment where you're most connected to the highest power. Huh. And it's true. Like writing these amazing books, etc., but remembering none of it. Very annoying. Anyway, I was also thinking about when I used to work at a magazine in Dublin, right? And I used to write the horoscopes, Beatrice. And you got when that I from, tell you, Rosemary, you got that from mom. Do you remember the way mom used to make up the horoscope? She'd be oh, reading yeah. through like whatever Vogue or whatever. And she'd go, oh, what are you, Beatrice? Scorpio? Oh, Scorpio. Uh, this week, you need to behave. Be very nice to your mother because <laughs> parents are a blessing. And she'd be very convincing, you know, and then she'd always give it away in the last sentence. But you'd be listening like avidly. Sorry, you eejit. She gave it away in the first sentence there. You need to be nice to your mother. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bad example. But, but I was thinking about kind of in the age of like influencers and online advertising and more and more print advertorials or print content, like that we're seeing now more and more sponsored content. I was thinking like, how much do we trust journalism that we read, like features journalism or like lifestyle journalism, even like beauty reviews and fashion stuff? Like how much do we actually trust that these are objective oh rosemary uh how did you end up tell us the path you took tell me what research you did for these horoscopes every week well actually i did do a bit of research beatrice so while it would have been tempting to just sit down and make it all up my main fear was that if i well i I mean i did make it all up but if but if i made it all up from nothing right i was kind of like i'll forget what i'm doing day to day and it kind of won't make sense and i'll get caught i'll get rumbled so what i used to do is i would look up the characteristics of each particular star sign. And I would say things like, uh, due to your stubborn and willful nature, the change that's coming with Mercury retrograde in the middle of this month is going How to cause you a lot of consternation. Because I would that's... look up when when stuff like that was happening as well. Oh, and did you understand so what like, it meant? 
No. And also Mercury retrograde, I found out this week, is fake. Oh, it's fake. It doesn't actually it doesn't actually go backwards, Beatrice. It's an optical illusion because yeah, of the speed at which Mercury's traveling around the sun. That's a phenomenal example. It's not even a thing of what no. you're talking about. Yeah. So No, so like sorry, I mean I was making it up, but I was I was I was basing my junk science on junk science. Oh, absolutely. Established junk science. Junk science. As it turns out. Well, I'll tell you, I Honestly, I'm shocked by what my kids believe, right? And they are oh, avid, yeah. you know, consumers, of course, of YouTube. I'm shocked yeah. by how many young men around the world, it seems, not just in my house, are aware of and support Andrew Tate, right? And, and, and are now, because of Andrew Tate, aware of and support Russell Brand. Correct. So, I mean, I'm, none of my kids do not support Andrew Tate, I hope. But they know way too much about him and they're way too quick to go, but are we sure? I mean, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe blah, blah, blah. And you're like, "Mm, I don't know like where you're hearing all this because you're 12, right? And you shouldn't be. Mm. And clearly there's a lot of misinformation being disseminated everywhere. However, I'll give you my own example. So until recently, I worked at Vera Bradley and there was a report in several newspapers at one point last year about a certain government official, a government official was uh, arrested having stolen a Vera Bradley suitcase off the off the like conveyor belt at some airport, and blah 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 was arrested. Then like charged That's with a so federal stupid. crime. They're very distinctive. You'd at least steal a black one. Charged with a federal crime, etc. But the part about the part in the story that was just a total clangor and made me doubt all news reporting. So I think this was in like the Washington Post or something like it wasn't in, you know, the Huffington Post, right, for example. I was thinking about Ariane Huffington this week, just going like, how is it that she of all people can talk about giving yourself room and having time for yourself and making sure that you don't like her whole thing is she's dedicating her whole life to burnout, having found it to like to deny like or to solving burnout and preventing people burning out, having having founded and began the entire trend for unpaid journalism. Yeah, like yeah. the irony of that is not lost on me. Anyway, um, and the article said about Vera Bradley, it said uh, the this government employee stole a suitcase worth five thousand dollars or fifty five thousand dollars, and I was like, mm, three hundred dollars maybe. Do you think that was including the contents? Apparently not, right? Because it, there was just a lot of the way it was phrased. I did go, could it be including the contents? But no, the way it was phrased was not was not. They was must not have that. confused Vera Bradley and Louis Vuitton. A hundred percent. So we were all in the office going, what? But yeah, that made me go like, you really have to be circumspect with what you mm. take away from news reporting, any reporting. Yeah. And actually, I think speaking of Ariana Huffington, I think she really started the trend as well for the kind of like instant turnover news media where 20 years, well, yeah, actually 20 years ago, there was a lot of fact-checking that went into everything because you would you would hear the news as a journalist, right? You would hear the news today. You would write your piece. It would go through a sub-editor, a fact-checker, a copy-editor. It would go through and it would come out the next day. Whereas now you hear the news and you need to get it out within about 15 minutes. So there's not space for all these checks and there's also not the budget with it, like a lot of news media because there's more and more and more online free media so there's not the budget in big newspapers anymore so I think that makes it really hard and like I think you know what like a lot of places are still really good at it and still try really hard like I recently wrote a piece of content for a website so it was sponsored content you know when you see like advertorial like advertisement and it was a piece and it was actually like a 
feature piece um, and I opened it with a quote from somebody. So, you know, that's kind of like pat with journalism, like, you, you know, like John Rogers had always thought that he uh, was going to do something great with his life. But then when he got to college, he realized that blah, blah, blah. And then you're talking about like college admissions or something. And my editor, like who oversees his content, got back to me and was like, is that a real person? Immediately. And I was kind of surprised because I was like, with content, sometimes in my head, I have the idea that like, it, that people see it as less important than true journalism or news journalism. And I mean, it actually was a real quote. So I could get back and go, yeah, it's this person, but I changed their name because like they didn't want to be included with their full name in this piece. But like, that is a true quote. Um, but I was amazed and like impressed that people are still doing those checks. You know what I mean? Even if years ago it would have been the fact checker and now it's actually the editor who's doing all these, doing the sub editing and the editing and the fact checking. So fact checking aside, there's also grammar, which is, I mean, I you're talking about a step beyond. I think that a lot of people writing now literally can't write, right? That's part of the problem too, because everybody's a writer, so nobody's a writer, right? Everybody's a designer, nobody's a designer. Mm. Um, I sent you a piece from Vogue recently that I clearly am now thinking you must not have read, the one about Kate Winslet. No. A very poorly written piece, in my opinion. Pardon if you, if somebody listening wrote that piece, but uh, very, very poorly written. And one of the paragraphs said, it's like... Uh, According to Kate, Kate says, it's like this and it's like that. She loves a good metaphor. Oh, and those are similes. Correct. Even Bo knows that and he's only nine. And I just thought like you could even, if you're not sure which is a metaphor and which is a, which is a simile, you could even say she loves a good comparison. You know yes. what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. I just was or, like, oh. or she loves her symbolism. Correct. Do you know what I mean? Very Do you even need to use... Thank you. Well, you need to read it anyway. I thought it was very, very, very poor. And I thought to myself, as I do so often, I should write for Vogue. <laughs> you should. But unfortunately, I'm in Fort Wayne and I don't have access to Kate Winslet. Oh, that's true. I wonder, I wonder, could we find, I mean, there have to be the odd famous person come to Fort Wayne for a gig or whatever. We should have interviewed Dermot Kennedy and pitched that too. Oh, is Empire 100%. Magazine still around? I missed opportunity when he was here. Do you know who is actually from Fort Wayne and would potentially speak to us if we had any reason to reach out to her? You're one from Sweet Magnolias. The actor? The lawyer one, yeah. She's from Fort Wayne. Is she? Mm-hmm. When did you find this out? Look, you look delighted with this little you tidbit. You look delighted. Look at your face. <laughs> well, I am delighted, but you look delighted with yourself. I am delighted knowing that. Yes, you're welcome. So we could reach out to her. I love her. Okay, we we must do that. Now, back to journalism. Do you trust reviews that you would read in magazines? You know, if you open a copy of Vogue or Elle and they're like, this new face cream no. is great or this new... No, they're all cousins and friends of each other. Vogue, no, I don't trust Vogue as far as I could throw it. It's totally incestuous. <laughs> um, you know what? I actually, I, well, I mean, I was going to say I don't think they're incestuous. I, I know a certain amount about glossy magazines in the UK. And I remember a friend of mine started a jewellery brand in Dublin. This is years ago and the brand doesn't exist anymore. But they were trying to get a mention in Vogue, you know, in the shopping pages or in one of the, you know, new brands or whatever. And they contacted somebody, the editor, to say, we have this new brand. We'd love to send you a piece. We'd love to get a mention, blah, blah, blah. And whoever it was referred them to the commercial department and the commercial department got back and said, we have a minimum, there's a minimum ad spend of whatever it was. I think it was a thousand euro or 5,000 euro. It was like a cup, like a, it was in the four figures, right? We have a minimum ad spend for a mention in our magazine. And then I started looking through glossy magazines more and more and realizing, oh, they're recognizing this eye cream, but that's actually owned by the same parent company that owns Estee Lauder, which has a four page ad when you open the magazine. Or... 
they're talking about these holidays, but that's actually owned by the company that has this. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it really made me go, oh God, you actually, like not that you can't trust it because maybe they did really like the eye cream and maybe they are saying true things about it. But you're also like, they're not just picking out a random product that they found in the supermarket and going, this is amazing. It's well, all they, about the money. It's more like maybe they did like it, but the other 50 things that they did like or could have liked got no, were never considered for inclusion. So it's not mm. really a level playing field, but like we know that, no. you know, certainly about vote. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'll tell you what I do trust or did trust back in the day. I did trust Eileen, Eileen Battersby when she did her reviews in the Irish Times. They were generally extremely well researched to the point that I was like I am lost she has clearly read every single one of this author's oeuvre and in the very very odd occasion they were not scathing so I kind of oh I know yeah and actually you know what in Ireland I feel like that's quite rare as well because I think there's kind of a I think there is a feeling in Ireland right that like oh, that person's just trying their best. Like, and we don't tear, and also Ireland is so small that we don't really, because like, and I'll say now, because I used to do a bit of criticism back in the day <laughs> when I was writing my blog, when I was writing my blog or tweeting or anything and I would tweet something going, I really like think this is shit. Like there was stuff that came out on her.ie or even the journal like back in the day and I'd go, this actually isn't accurate and this is really badly written. And I was very much like a lone voice, like a lone asshole, basically. Like, why did I need to do that? I wasn't a critic, so I don't really know why I took it upon myself. But I think there is a real <laughs> ethos in Ireland of not criticising other like fellow Irish people. And I'm so proud Batterby, of how you've grown, except for Bono. I have. Oh, listen, forget it, but let's move on. But Eileen Battersby, I feel like never got that memo. But I mean, to her credit, because her, her reviews were amazing, but she did a fair few hatchet jobs oh on gosh. fellow Irish authors, so much so yeah. that they absolutely hated her. And do you remember, right? I don't know if I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but one Halloween, various Irish Times writers were asked to write pieces 
like kind of ghost stories or ghosty or spooky pieces or whatever. And Eileen Battersby wrote a story about a ghost that lived in her house. And in the next day or or two days later paper, there was a letter that was written by some quite famous Irish author. I was going to say Patrick O'Connell, but I think he was to do with the revolution. So anyway, some (laughs) famous Irish author whose name I don't know. You know what I was thinking earlier? I was like, I'm actually very well educated. I have a degree and a master's and I truly just don't think I'm that smart. So I was, who, who was I? I was reading some book. I was reading, oh yeah. I was reading, I can't even remember what it's called, by by uh, Meg, Meg Woolitzer, The Female Persuasion. And loads of her turns of phrase and words and stuff. I was like, I'm not clever enough to ever think of this. It was really making me feel bad. Anyway. Rosemary, you are. And look at me the other day discovering that document in Google Docs and going, who wrote this? It's great. Sorry, and you had written it. This is just a way of you bringing, that's not me being clever, that's you being clever. No, but my point is you don't realise how clever you are until five years have passed and you're presented with something that you did in your past. You're like, oh, somebody really, actually, I don't think I could write that anymore. That was very erudite and kind of well. Erudite? Yes. You are smart. Thank you so much. And it was just, it was very, like, there were a lot of references. Like, well, at first of all, I went, I couldn't have written this. It says Stilorgan. I was like, I don't know anything about Stilorgan, right? <laughs> Listen, that's never stopped any writer in I the know. history of the world. But then I was like, oh, this is kind of well, I was like, that's a good sentence. This is, yeah, but if I wrote it now, I'd be like, that's crap. I know. I don't, yeah. As you've got older, you've yourself, lost your confidence me. in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, somebody who had a lot of faith in themselves was Eileen Battersby, right? Correct. So somebody wrote a letter into the Irish Times, a very famous Irish author whose name I can't maybe, remember, maybe wrote a letter. Maybe Patrick O'Connor, not Patrick O'Connor. Maybe it was Patrick O'Connor, but I don't want to, well, like, I don't want to say definitively because I'm not sure, but it was one yeah. of the famous Irish male authors. And they wrote into the letters page and they said, uh, you know, I had always been very bothered or upset by Eileen Battersby's scathing reviews of my books until I read her own ghost story and realised that actually, if this is her idea of fiction, then it's no wonder she doesn't like mine, right? It was very funny and very bitchy. But in the following day's paper, Eileen Battersby made them print a correction and clarification. And the correction and clarification said, in yesterday's letters page, famous Irish author, blah, 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 spoke about Eileen Battersby's piece, like Ghosts in My House, whatever it was called, and described it as fiction. Eileen Battersby would like it clarified for the record that this was a piece of non-fiction. It was... Amazing. Amazing. It is amazing. It is and amazing. And she also, she also, when I worked at the Irish Times, she was the only journalist, the only writer for the Irish Times whose writing you were not allowed to sub-edit. So if you found anything in it, like a ty- like something that you thought was a typo or a sentence that didn't sound, like you weren't allowed to change her sentences at all. They were carefully crafted to be the sentences that she wanted them to be. And you, as a sub-editor, were not allowed to read them and go, this would be better if the comma was in another place. And if you found a typo, you would have to raise it with your editor, who would then contact Eileen Battersby on the phone to say, and like, they'd be on the phone for about 45 minutes because she would have all these thoughts about, but no, actually, that's not, and she'd be giving you this whole spiel about how that's not a typo and this is why, and like chatting the head off you. And like, she was, she was very, like, she was a very singular character. But everybody in the Irish Times loved her despite that. You know what I mean? Like, because you think that would be like, oh my God, she's so difficult. But she was actually gas and like so loved. But really, I I, I would say she'd have no problem standing up for herself now. That's a nice segue now onto Bono. So, oh, I I don't want to talk about Bono. Briefly. Hate that prick. Irish people. What? You said that Irish people don't like to, to speak ill of other Irish people. I'd say Bono is the rare exception. Now, I 
called a Bono this week when the Rolling Stones, the editor of the Rolling Stones, or ex-editor, ex-owner oh, of the Sorry, Stone? you, you your granny, Rolling Stone, not the Rolling Stones. The Rolling oh, yeah, Stones yeah, are the band. Sorry, sorry, Rolling sorry. Stone Rolling is the magazine. Stone magazine, yeah. I think the ex, the owner, not the editor. The, the, editor the founder, the, Stone, the right? founder. Yeah, the founder came out and said that he had put together his list of whatever best heroes of rock and roll and just he, coincidentally... He, yeah, he wrote a book in which he... Yes. Uh, in which he kind of gave short biographies and outlined the masters Thank of rock you, and roll. Wasn't that it? Thank you. Yes. And then he said, you will, you may note, or it may have been called out that everybody in this book happens to be white and male. And that's just because really women and people of color just haven't made great rock and roll. And yeah. sorry if you don't like to hear that, but that's the fact, right? So immediately he was booted out of the rock and roll hall of fame, which he helped found blah, blah, blah. Like he was definitely canceled immediately. He was, yeah, he was, he was booted off the board of the rock and roll hall of fame and he was booted off the board of Rolling Stone. He has nothing to do with anything anymore. He's basically on him. He's, he's, he's footloose and fancy free at this point. Thanks to that comment. But many wags pointed out that this may be. Wags. Yeah. Many wags. What's a wag? A wag, like a, you know. Like a wife and girlfriend. Funny commenter. No. Oh. Many people pointed out that the irony is that it may be that only white men are fantastic rock and rollers, but how was Bono included? Did you see that? No. (laughs) It's like, if that's the case, then why is Bono in in here? Poor Bono. He can't get a break. I mean, he's got plenty of breaks. I hate Bono and I'll tell you why. A friend of mine one Christmas was in Dublin collecting for charity. A couple of days before Christmas, right? Like just like shaking a book and collecting money, right? A couple of days before Christmas near Grafton Street. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Beatrice, a quite short man came over and gave her a hug. And it was Bono. And he basically stepped back and said, I know. And he said, I just want to thank you for like, you know, your hard work. You're doing a great thing. And like, A, why don't you pick up a fucking bucket? And B, don't touch anyone you don't know. And I really didn't like that. That's like that. That's like that Spanish football coach. No. Yeah, it's gross. Like just like if somebody came and if some stranger came and hugged me, I don't know, I'd be horrified. Oh my God. Sorry. It's called personal space for a reason. So Rosemary, listen, we haven't actually answered your question. So you started off saying, do you believe everything you read? Is that what you said? Do you believe everything that's reported? Do you believe everything? Not, not everything that's reported. I suppose I'm talking specifically about like beauty and makeup. No, I don't. And you know what? I think actually, despite the fact that influencers do a lot of sponsored content or like big influencers do a lot of sponsored content, right? I am more likely to believe an influencer when they recommend something than I am to believe a magazine because I feel like influencers, the big ones are more discerning when it comes to advertising and will often say, you know what? I'm not doing that collaboration with that brand because I don't ever use it and I don't like it. You know, like once they get big, they can kind of pick and choose. They're like, I'm not doing it with that makeup because I don't use it, but I'll do it with this makeup that I love. So I actually do believe influencers a lot more than I believe magazines because magazines will take advertising from anyone. Oh, I was just about to say, when you started talking, I was just about to say how in God's name, how dangerous you would be if you believed anybody more. You already purchased nearly everything recommended to you on Instagram. Oh my God, I actually just went through my makeup this morning and there's so much that has not been opened and that I'll tell you, you'll be getting in your stuck and nullick. <gasps> now, yes. none of it's great, Beatrice. I mean, it's great. Oh. It's great. You're going to be very excited. but yeah I mean no I am obviously very easily influenced by influencers and I also you know what I really hate although this is slightly going off tangent I really hate in magazines now the way they just eschew journalism altogether and they get famous person one to interview famous person two and they're like these two are great friends here's their interview and it's like six pages of like some singer interviewing some other singer 
And I'm just like, I want no, a journalist. it's like Reese Witherspoon interviewing yes. what's her face, yes, Nicole sorry. Kidman. Or like Gwyneth oh, Paltrow. Can I yeah, just we're great friends. Can I just tell you what a, what a phenomenal job working yeah. with you has just been oh my God. so blah, blah. I've always really admired you as a mother because you are caring and you're this and you're that. Do you find that blah, 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 and then like fluffy nothing answer and then fluffy nothing question. And I'm like, there's a whole reason that journalists are journalists. Like, and I don't mean they've got a degree. You can have a degree, you can not have a degree. But like, they know to ask certain questions and they have a certain insight. And that's what you're looking for. And like, that's what I... an example. Ask me an insightful question. Beatrice, you mentioned a few moments ago that your 12-year-old son has been exposed to a lot of things on, on YouTube that you think maybe he shouldn't be exposed to. Do you feel that it's in any way your responsibility to police that? That was insightful. Was so you, have to, you have to be able to ask the cutting questions. Like when I asked Gok Wan. Like when I asked Gok Wan. Gok, do you have any... I don't think I said Gok. But <laughs> Gok. Do, you, do you have any advice for women who wear glasses and who also want to wear big earrings and feel like, you know, it's too much... <laughs> it's too much going on around their faces. And he said... I've never heard anyone say that. And I just moved on <laughs> and asked another question. <laughs> I'm not talking about myself. I don't think I'm like a cutting interviewer. Like, I don't think but I am. You are. You are. No, I don't think. You are. You are. But it's like, it's like with the doctor. You keep those cutting thoughts inside your head and you ask the asinine ones. <laughs> And afterwards you go, here's what I really wanted to ask that person. Yeah, I should have actually asked Gokwan, how much are you getting from Specsavers to do this collaboration? Yeah. How many interviews do you have to do as part of your your thing? Why did you really feel that Specsavers, is it just because you wear glasses? Is that the only reason yeah, that you why thought? Why could you not answer that question, which was actually a relatively good one? Thank you. And also because I'd been told I was not allowed to ask any questions that weren't about glasses. And this was for the Irish Times, actually. And I remember my editor at the Irish Times had said, we'll interview him and we'll put in a line about Specsavers. But the whole article can't be about Specsavers. So you're going to have to ask him things aside from glasses. So I was really trying to find a workaround that was going to work for everybody. So I was actually an excellent journalist in that moment, except for when I just rolled over and went, OK, Sorry, that was a stupid question. Never mind. That you didn't just, you're excellent. You didn't just grab the glasses off his face and. <laughs> Thankfully, I was on the phone. He, I'm, I'm sure oh. if we were face to face, he would have seen my look of absolute disgust and walked out. <laughs> no, I have no poker face. Oh, so what's the what's the takeaway from this? That we should or we should not. We shouldn't trust. We should only trust influencers, big influencers. Who we should only trust people who have nothing to gain from giving a, a positive or a negative review. But is is there such person anymore? Because that's well, not influencers people either. People who are wealthy enough. Oh, yeah. People who are wealthy enough not to be dependent upon this, like who are, who are not depending on this for their livelihood, who have the privilege. So basically, we should only trust really rich people. No, no, you know... <laughs> You know what I think Bono's it is. I should okay, Bono's, no, Beatrice. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what I think it is. I think the the influencer. Like it's hard to kind of whittle down and go. It's this type of influencer. But for me, I feel like it's somebody who I think. And I hate this word actually. Who I think has integrity and is smart in their business decisions. So isn't just taking sponsorship from this brand that they never use because they want the money and is thinking like long term and going, okay, what brand would I like to partner with for the next X months or X years? What brand do I use all the time? What products do I use with my kids? What products do my kids love? What, you know, like obviously if they have kids, but who are really thinking about like, what do I want to sell to people? 
or like, what do I want to recommend to people without feeling like I'm selling out? And I mean, I don't know how you know that an influencer is actually saying that, but I have a few that I would consider that I would go, okay, I will, I'll, I trust their recommendations and I trust the ads that they do. And like, I totally might be wrong, but I'm hoping that I'm not. What about Jennifer Aniston with her smart water? Does that make you want to do trust? Did you go like, this is going to make me smart, this water? No. And also Jennifer Aniston with her Aveeno, my arse, and with her L'Oreal hair dye. No way. Like actually, the, you know what? The L'Oreal ads are so stupid when they have celebrities in the hair dye. And you're like, everybody knows the celebrities aren't using your hair dye. You need to get like, you need to basically do a makeover on like Jennifer down the shop and basically bring her in and go, look at this brassy color and then give her the L'Oreal excellence treatment and put her on the ad and be like, L'Oreal, because you're worth it, Jennifer, even though you're not a celebrity. You know what I mean? That'd be a good ad. But like, do they have L'Oreal salon quality anything? So like, no, but, but the, but like the ones they're advertising are the box dyes, these celebrities. Oh, like Zendaya and uh, yeah, and like Lapito and what's her face, Lily Collins. I was looking at the three of them in an ad yesterday, yeah. going, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, and like like Lily Collins for Chanel, I feel like makes more sense because you're like Lily Collins probably does love Chanel and does have a Chanel bag and probably gets Chanel to do her makeup and is perfectly happy with that. But like, she's not getting her makeup done by Rimmel. You know what I mean? Even Kate Moss for Rimmel. I was like, please, like Kate Moss isn't wearing Rimmel lipsticks. Are you having a laugh? Maybe she is. No, she's wearing she's wearing Pat McGrath lipsticks and she's getting them all for free while the rest of us are paying $68 oh. a pop. That's true. They're very expensive. They're, They're nice, nice though. though. They're a bit soft, a bit soft. I had put on my YSL this morning for an interview, my YSL lipstick, and I was like, this now is a nice consistency lipstick. I should wear this more often. But then I came downstairs and was like, oh, my lips look like an orange. <laughs> and I had to wipe it off. I had a really nice um, orange Gucci lipstick that I like, but it's quite drying. It's mm. probably gone off now because I literally buy a lipstick, wear it twice in the course of five years. And then I'm like, why is this so dry? What do you mean gone off? All of my 10 year old lipsticks are upstairs. Perfect. Don't make me talk, talk to you about this again, Beatrice. The germs, the germs. Thank you so much for listening to Not Without My Sister. As we said up top, we have a book club starting on Patreon next month. Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister. You'll also get ad free episodes. You might get video episodes, TBC. We'll see how it goes. I'm trying out my video editing skills. I don't think they're great. And I think our takeaway can be from this episode that don't trust anything you read on the news. Trust us. And Mercury Retrograde isn't a thing. Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is recorded in studio in Fort Wayne by Don Kirkland, who also wrote our theme tune. And the original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.